What's up, everybody? Welcome back to A Flance Good Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on July 5th, 2023, with my very special returning guest, Nopalito.arte. Paul joined me virtually yesterday from their home just outside of Austin, Texas, and they are a very gifted and talented artist and illustrator and collector of cacti with a particular interest in aerial carpets. We talked about a lot of stuff today. We actually spent 45 minutes on supernatural slash paranormal encounters. So forgive me for that. Uh, we went deep and got into a flow. I really enjoyed it. And I've been thinking about starting a supernatural slash paranormal podcast. And I did a poll on Instagram and the vast majority of people answered that they would listen to it if I did. But uh, I also like finding people in the plant community that are just also interested in these things that we can talk about just about anything. So Paul's a great guest and I really think you guys will enjoy it. I want to take a moment to tell you guys about my sponsors and partnerships. If you scroll down into the description of this episode, you will find links to Mezcala Nursery located in Long Beach, California, Green Touch Nursery located in Bellflower, California. Big shout out to Plantly.io. You can type in Plantly.io into your web browser or download the free Plantly app on Android or iOS. If you are interested in becoming a vendor, I have provided the link for you to do so down in the description. I sell with Plantly under the name Earthling botanical and i'm very grateful for those of you that have been supporting my shop lately i was inactive for quite some time and i've been posting plants again so go check it out next up is real mushrooms real mushrooms is a mushroom supplement company offering hot water extracts in both powder and capsule form you may be familiar with all of these wonderful mushrooms and their amazing health benefits like lion's mane chaga reishi shiitake maitake cordyceps all these mushrooms that have been used in chinese herbal medicine for thousands of years if you haven't had the chance to listen to episode number 38 featuring Jeff Chilton. He is the founder of Real Mushrooms and he co-authored a book with Paul Stamm. It's called The Mushroom Cultivator. I've got a copy over there. He is an incredibly knowledgeable source of information when it comes to these mushrooms and their health benefits and applications in society. He is an ethnomycologist. I highly recommend you go check out that episode. Next up, we have PlantWave. PlantWave is a device that translates the electrical frequencies and patterns that your plant creates. In other words, the water moving through your plant, it creates an electrical frequency and that is then translated into sound and music using the PlantWave device and the PlantWave app. You hook up two electrodes to the plant, you load sound packs and different instruments into the PlantWave and you can tune into your plants. You can tune out of the world and tune into your plants. I'm gonna stitch in a little video here of what California white sage sounds like. If you think that's as cool as I do, then you should definitely purchase a plant wave. You can type in code if plants could talk at checkout or use the link in the description and you will get $15 off your order. And last but not least, we have Bagus Botanicals. Bagus Botanicals is offering a supplement powder that is a nootropic and it is made out of lion's mane ginseng and mitragynous speciosa. They provide all these different recipes that you can use to mix your powder into a drink for you to enjoy, or you could perhaps put it into capsules. That's what I prefer to do. And mitragynous speciosa, one of the main ingredients in this supplement powder, if you're not familiar, it is a cousin to coffee and it comes off of a leaf in Indonesia and other Pacific Island areas. And you can often see people in Indonesia chewing on these leaves for energy throughout the day. And they 
use it similar to how we would use coffee. And I've found that it can help not only improve your mood and boost your energy levels, but also alleviate anxiety and depression. And then you add in the lion's mane, which is really active in the mind. It can help to facilitate and promote neuroplasticity. In other words, creating new neural pathways, which can assist in learning and healing your mind, expanding your mind. Lion's mane is a great cognitive improving supplement. And then you have the ginseng, which is a root from a plant. It not only can be used as a stimulant, but it's been shown to help lower blood sugar, cholesterol, and even alleviate symptoms of stress. So I can't recommend Bagus Botanicals enough. If this sounds like something that is calling you, then definitely check them out. You can use the link in the description or type in code if plants could talk at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. All right, here is Paul. Nopalito.arte. Paul, welcome back to If Plants Could Talk. Yo, thanks, Gary. It's so good to be back here uh, with a different energy. <laughs> um, a lot has happened since the last time that we talked. We actually talked almost a whole year ago. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think our podcast was last June. Yeah, so and it was over a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, over a year ago, a lot of things have changed. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm 100% self-employed now. Wow. Uh, so with that comes a lot of freedom, but also every, like every hour, uh, I was going to say every hour of the day I'm working, but like, I definitely do a lot more work than if I were employed, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's, and is it, it's more demanding if you want to make ends meet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, luckily though, uh, I I'm not doing just art mm. for uh, for my self-employment. I'm working with my spouse. Uh, we do um, contracting for like a like a couple of counties and mm -hmm. uh, uh, Asian American like a representation startup. Wow. Do you mind diving into that a little bit? What does that consist of? Uh, so it's mostly based on asian american representation in film oh film yeah well film uh commercials media cool. except for music um because uh well you th there's a lot of asian american musicians but sure. you don't really see the asian american faces in film yeah um so yeah we're we're running the social media aspect on that and then we got a couple of other uh uh philanthropic projects going on here in austin beautiful so yeah. there's some film industry in austin correct oh definitely definitely yeah. uh so we went to this one studio that uses uh have you, have you heard of the unreal engine for video games mm -mm. okay so just to for for some backstory so unreal engine uh, some video games are are used with that, so it like generates like the graphics, and uh, a couple of other things that I'm not too it's sure. Like a about. graphics card. Uh, it's a like a software engine. A software engine. Yeah. Okay. So games run on that. It's kind of like an OS for Got a video it. game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so their studio uses this uh, LED, this like a 180 screen, uh, 180 degree screen with like a LEDs on top as well. And uh, they use Unreal Engine to program scenes in there. 
So you don't need to go anywhere to film. Like if you want to shoot outdoors, um, the un the engine will like move the scenery with the camera. Mm. So like the trees are like kind of 3D, but mm -hmm. you're standing in space or you're standing in place. Mm -hmm. And then on the, the lighting on top, it matches the, the ambient lighting with the daytime lighting. Wow. So you could turn it night or day. It's It was so cool. What a trip. Yeah. And so that one's here in Austin. And then there's a couple of other spots here that I haven't been to yet. And when you guys are representing Asian Americans, are you taking on like, does the company take on individual clients or are they just uh, working behind the scenes to try to bring representation? Uh, yeah, it's more of like a working behind the scenes to bring representation and to okay. bring awareness and yeah. uh be advocates for Asian Americans in film. I love that, man. Yeah. Cool. And there's a pretty large Asian American community here in Austin and as well as Houston and San Antonio and Dallas. Texas mm -hmm. is, you know, pretty diverse. Yeah, totally. And um can we can we re rewind a little bit for people that who may not have gotten a chance to listen to us? Our, our last conversation, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and I got mm -hmm. to publish some of your art, which is, I think, what originally brought us together was you sent some stickers and uh, we finally did a podcast now 13 months ago, I guess. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself besides for as of recent and uh, what brought you to plants? And and yeah, let's go there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so actually, to go back to the uh, to how we got together. Sure. Uh, your podcast actually inspired me to make my first design, mm. uh, which was a metal aerial carpus uh, logo. Mm -hmm. um, I actually don't have a sticker of it here, but I don't. Maybe you could put it in. Uh, I'll send you a, an image of it. But, That'd be awesome. Uh, so it was with um, your episode with uh, Big Cactus Rescue, mm. and um, yeah, so that's pretty much what set off my my uh, journey on making cactus themed art. Mm. Um, so <clears throat> I guess I should rewind <laughs> and mention where I'm from first, right? Whatever you want. Sure. There's no rules here. This Word. is the Wild West. Yeah, so uh, a little bit of a backstory. I'm based out of Austin. Yeah. I started collecting plants in, you could guess, 2020. Mm. Um, but I've been surrounded by plants my whole life because yeah. um, I had the privilege of growing up on a ranch mm. in the Rio Grande Valley, which is five hours south of Austin. But it's, it's not, well, in the cactus community, it's known for uh, being the habitat of uh, Lophophora. Right. Yeah, yeah, so I've always known about uh, Lophophora since I was... Um, like a kid but it was it was always like elusive you know mm. because a lot of the land down there is being converted to farmland mm. so i never saw a peyote in the wild um and i i didn't know what it looked like until like probably like 2010 you're mm. easily overlooked <laughs> maybe yeah you, step, you maybe stepped on one and you didn't even know yeah, that's true. Um, actually, though, so it grows, I want to say exclusively in Star County in the Rio Grande Valley. The Rio Grande Valley is four counties. Um, 
-hmm. And so I grew up in the neighboring county of Star County. So even then, I probably would have never seen one unless unless I went out there. Sure. Yeah. And so growing up on a ranch and being surrounded by plants, did you do some gardening as well as a child? I didn't actually, um, because when I <clears throat> when I was growing up on the ranch, the uh, the soil was like this red clay, which is like it's it's so weird because like it's super sand like super powdery mm -hmm. and sandy when it's dry, but when like as soon as any moisture comes in, it's like so sticky and uh, and clay like it's mm -hmm. it's really weird. So um, yeah, I didn't get to have any plants of my own. Uh, my mom tried to grow some plants, but they were like. They didn't do too well in that soil, but a lot of what grows there is like uh, mesquite trees, a bunch of uh, thorny shrubs, uh, and cacti. Mm. And I never thought about growing cacti there because there were so many. <laughs> I could just see them whenever I wanted. Right. Did you guys have livestock? Uh, so my grandpa did. He yeah. had a couple of cows, um, and they were all just... Uh, grazing on the land pretty much mm. um but yeah nothing nothing too crazy just a few cows and um snakes horn toads uh and ghosts <laughs> ghosts yeah ghosts oh, i'll love to go there i bet there is some creepy stuff out on ranches and that like ancient those ancient landscapes and so were you always open to that uh spiritually was it part of your culture at all in what ways did you view the spirit world as a younger person uh so as a younger person i kind of felt like it was just like a it wasn't scary because mm. i didn't really I would see uh spirits um but I didn't see them as like a bad omen and in fact I actually felt like they were guides mm. um they wouldn't like actually like tell me anything but I always had a feeling like when I saw a spirit it was usually good mm. yeah it can be like a symbol of that you're on the right track right yeah exactly yeah exactly uh sometimes I don't know what what is your take on on spirits? Have you ever seen? Yeah, I'll, as a child, my my grandfather identified as a medium, and um, my mom had voodoo dolls. And oh. um, <laughs> yeah, we we were open to discussing. We were also Catholic though, so I kind of had like the Catholic perspective on it. Same. Well, yeah. I I used to. Yeah. And I would say that that influences my outlook on it today. And I, I do like refer to certain scriptures sometimes. And, um, but I've also expanded and gone beyond that. And uh, I believe that we coexist with a, with a spirit realm and maybe even some aspect of us is active in that realm. Yeah. Uh, simultaneously, we're just not conscious of it or not able to see it. Mm -hmm. Like, do you feel like, we are all like you know who we see as spirits and who we see as living 
are just living in different timelines and we actually we like accidentally like meet right. somehow or sometimes that veil is like pierced yeah and we're able to see into it like at the times you're supposed to seeing it or they're revealing themselves to you perhaps to give you that reminder that you're on the right track or something like that mm. yeah yeah i feel that um i have encountered like one like creepy i don't know if it was a dream or not mm -hmm. um but i did have like one negative experience with what i think was a spirit um but one time i actually felt like i got dragged out of my bed mm. and i woke up and like my back i used to have carpet in my room and i mm -hmm. felt like i had like carpet burn on my back oh my god yeah it was so scary but like since then nothing has happened yeah. like that um but i do frequently have uh dreams about uh female ghosts mm. yeah um i remember specifically there was this one uh dream where i was like looking into like this huge like mansion like on like a hill yeah and then there was like a tower with a window and this lady in red just like pointed at me like super aggressively like she just like pointed at me from a distance. We were like probably like 500 feet away in the dream. And I woke up and I was like so shook. Um, but like it it just felt like this like malicious, uh, like a like a malicious presence. Yeah. Like was there. You can this... feel the darkness of it. Gives mm. you the, makes your skin crawl. Yeah, yeah. And then like I've had dreams of like, uh, like shadow women, like choking, like drowning me. Oh my god yeah it's 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 weird I, and did I you get my... sleep paralysis ever um like where you no. know like let's say that's happening in your dream and you're trying to wake up and you you know it's a dream and you're trying to wake up and you can't get up no not not like that um because I, I i attribute it to my light sleeping so i already have problems sleeping mm -hmm. um so whenever i wake up it's like i'm i'm 100 like awake yeah um but i'm just like oh my god <laughs> so shook yeah well ever since having kids i've had a an i don't know if it's an increase i because i definitely had experiences growing up and tons of stories like that where i felt like there was some kind of evil presence but having children uh they seem to be able to see things that we can't see yeah and there's been several times one one instance that i can think of the earliest instance with my son that i have now I went to the skid row and I did the plants to the people thing. And I was giving yeah, out plants to homeless people. And I came home and I woke up at 3 a.m. witching hour, of course. And my son is screaming and pointing above the bed. And I see this black figure hovering dude, over us, dude. That has happened to me before as well. Followed and it's you? This, yeah, this like impending feeling that's like, and then there's like a, like a shadow that's darker than the darkest black, yes. right? Yes, dude. I've seen the same thing. And actually, my skin is crawling right I now. I got the goosebumps, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've experienced that before. And it's happened probably like twice. Mm. Um, and I definitely felt like it was like an evil presence. Yeah. And back then, I would, uh, I would pray, right? I'm not, I'm, I have no real like, denomination now but i definitely believe like in the spirit world and like i do believe in some kind of god yeah uh but 
back then I would I prayed to like remedy it and like um it just like didn't go away so I called my friend in the middle of the night and it and it was 3 33 in the morning wow and I I woke her up and I was like dude there's something in my room like <laughs> fucking pray for me <laughs> yeah and so like we were like praying together and then like eventually like i kind of calmed down i like walked around my house and uh i put like i, I used to use like holy water too yeah 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 um and so i put it like on all the rooms like my parents room my siblings room my room and then i just like stayed there and breathed and all of a sudden like the room felt like the normal darkness like right. not like that impending black shadow yeah dude oh my god i can't believe that you've seen the same thing too yeah i've seen that same one several times and then that one like caused us problems throughout that night i went i was so freaked out i, I think i lit some sage in palo santa to try to scare it off and then i tried to go back to sleep and i couldn't go back to sleep and um i went and moved to the couch and then a couple hours later i had this i saw it above me but like in my mind's eye while i was like sleeping and it had its arm hands around my neck and it was choking me and it wouldn't let me go. And I was like screaming for my, my lady. I was like, help, help, but I couldn't get it out. I couldn't mm -hmm. talk. Help. And I finally, like I, I, what felt like an hour of battling with it, trying to scream for help. I mm -hmm. finally let out a big scream, help me. And then my lady came out and she woke me up and I was okay. But Dude, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. Do, do people like, have you told anybody else's story? Like, how, how, what is the reaction? I posted about it, I think, in close friends and certain people's. I mean, I, I've written about this kinds of things a little bit. And I have certain, some people, my parents don't tend to shy away from it when I tell them. Kind of, it's kind of like I told you. I think it's like part of our culture, especially on my mom's side. My, my grandfather allegedly walked through walls and did all kinds of things. So I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes they look at me a little crazy. <laughs> And I'm sure the, some of the listeners are probably like, what the fuck are these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I came in here like wanting to talk about plants and then I couldn't help but mention ghosts. Yeah, well, I, I want to start a paranormal podcast and I want to hear people's testimonies and try to normalize it. And do you see that maybe people are becoming more uh, open to these things with this UFO disclosures and it seems like uh, witchcraft is on the rise and crystals and you know it seems to me like maybe now that people are becoming more open to that uh I feel I feel like so but I also at the same time I feel like it's kind of trendy sure there's that aspect of it yeah um but I feel like the real ones real knows real like like yeah. mikey loves magic like he's a real one or they're yeah, a real yeah. one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Totally. um but i haven't spoken to anybody else about it so if any of the listeners want to you know hit me up about some duendes or ghost stories duendes are do you know what a duende is uh -uh. it's it's like a like a little elf mm. i you um Does it take children it, away they like steal your shit and like mm. mess with your stuff. Mm. Uh, it's like in Mexican folklore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if anybody wants to hash out some some spooky tales, let me know. Yeah, well, I think this life is like a spiritual battle, and that we're 
we have to protect ourselves from these things, especially I think some maybe some people are more tuned and more subject to it. Some of it could be environmental, like me going to Skid Row, opening myself up to that, that whatever darkness is is controlling and, and very prevalent in that area doesn't like me coming in there and, and being nice. <laughs> maybe it's mm. that spreading love. I don't know, you know, um, and I and I experienced it working with uh, addicts in recovery too at work. Mm. I tend to see this these kinds of things happen it's like i got it regularly cleansed for my own sanity i regularly cleanse and do banishment rituals and try to keep the house protected at all costs i also i don't know if i told you this i live in a home that was belonged to i'm not gonna say who because it'll give it away dude yeah you told me <laughs> i was like yo get out of there this, <laughs> dude that's psychotic man <laughs> How could oh, you live in that? Crazy. How did that happen? <laughs> Have you experienced anything weird so far? Yeah, so my son, he calls them Ra's. He calls it a Ra, like a Ra. monster. Ra. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think you, you yeah. posted about that. He had a bunch of toys in his hand one night. When we first started experiencing weird things here, he dropped all of his toys at once, and it was like a loud bang. I happened to be in bed, uh, curled up in a ball, like feeling so nauseous and pinned like in the middle of the day mm. i couldn't move it was like sun was setting and it was like sunset i couldn't move i'm laying in bed curled up on a ball feeling nauseous all of a sudden while that's simultaneously my son drops all his toys and he starts screaming and pointing up into the ceiling saying "Arah, arah!" Mm. and in my head i'm like oh that makes so much sense why i'm feeling the way i'm feeling right now so uh, me of course i start doing banishment rituals i get a fire cleanse going and this and that. And so then I tell my landlord about it because he had been telling me about something about bad juju on the land. He felt bad juju on the land mm -hmm. and turns it. Then he tells me the story of who used to live here. And I'm like, oh my God, what? And I went into a rabbit hole researching oh, it. <laughs> so do you guys plan on leaving? No, we love it here. Oh, what? Oh it's my so God. Cool. This place is really cool. It's got some history. Uh, what do you think about that too? Like, what about like, do you think that inanimate objects says like objects like homes, uh, buildings, perhaps store memory or energy from the past? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I'm attracted to abandoned spots. Yeah. Me too. When I was I, a kid, especially. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm, what are those called? The urban explorers mm. that like go to abandoned spots. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what they're called, but whenever there's like a like an empty spot and it looks scary i gotta go like i gotta go in there and like feel it out feel the energy um and before going in though i feel like i have to prepare myself like yeah. i have to put this like kind of like invisible barrier to like mm -hmm. not track things back to my house yeah because like i feel like sometimes like you could like some malice could get stuck to you and and kind of reside wherever you 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 sleep and stay you know yeah um so yeah i i do get adventurous and like go to like creepy spots or like abandoned spots like that but if i definitely feel like it's a very bad spot i won't step in right yeah same thing with people i feel like living people also kind of carry some yes some kind of extra spirit sometimes yes and like they're testing you sometimes like when it's say you see one of those people that's you know sadly talking to themselves or being violent 
uh, walking down the street and they say something to you and then you respond. I believe that now you've opened that connection with them by simply mm. responding. Yes. You know, and then now you've opened yourself up to whatever they got going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I feel like it would depend in, in my mindset. I feel like it depends on how you respond. Sure. That like, makes sense. Yeah. Like if you respond with vulnerability, then it will latch on to you. Fear. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, and I carry that mindset with a lot of things. Like, um, like if you're scared of something or you feel like you're going to lose something, like if you've already like, uh, like said that in your head, it's, it's already happened. Like you're doomed. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if like, say you're playing like a poker game and you're like, Oh, I'm going to lose this one. Chances yeah. are like, you're going to lose Yeah. because you've already claimed loss in your head. Right. Um, yeah, sorry, that was just like a tangent, but yeah, I feel like if you respond to those spirits like that, they'll stick to you. Now, correlation doesn't necessarily equal causation, and I'm also not trying to excuse my own behavior, but I've been in situations where I felt like there was evil or negativity present, and then I go home, and guess what? I'm fighting with my partner. Things are hostile and tense. All out of nowhere, there's just like some, for some reason everything feels heavy, the weight of the world on my problems and uh, stressors, they, they intensify, they amplify. And then sure enough, I'll do something that I believe uh, will rid of those things and I'll be better and things will peace will be restored. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, you know? So yeah, I sometimes like, uh, I get like that too. But I when I get like that, I know it's it's me sure. you know what i mean like i know it's like my behavior yeah uh, my own behavior not like a spirit kind of controlling how i act or feel um mm. it's like if i had been spending time with someone that i didn't really like and then like i say in my head like oh they probably have like you know bad spirit or bad energy that's still that's like still my thoughts. Like that's me putting kind of a curse on myself. Mm. If that makes sense. Like, it's yeah. like, Oh, these people, it's bad. It's bad. You're it's making it real too much. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then you go home and then you're like, Oh man, I felt so nasty uh, hanging out with them. Uh, now I feel nasty all day and yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. just let it ferment here. Um, but whenever I hang out with people like that, um, I kind of just, prepare myself to uh, not reciprocate that energy. Yeah. And what do you have any uh, practices or rituals that you do that could be considered spiritual? They don't necessarily have to align with any religion or denomination, but is there, do you find spirit uh, being applied in your art and in your gardening? Oh, definitely. Every day. Uh, I think my biggest ritual i would say is attentiveness just like uh being attentive to like uh like my breath like mm -hmm. my intention on uh what i'm doing like for example like my plants uh let me see if you could have a look 
they're all kind of uh they've, they've seen some shit yeah <laughs> yeah uh because you know i'm a, a novice gardener mm-hmm. um but for example like this guy here he was a beautiful variegated uh coral uh godzilla coral mm-hmm. and um I got frustrated and with mealybugs and I dunked them, I dunked all my plants into, um, into this soap called spinosad. Mm-hmm. And like my intention was just to kill the bugs, right? I didn't think like, uh, like, oh, this will help the plants. I just wanted to kill the bugs. And in turn, like a lot of my plants suffered. Mm. So like, I think next time I do some kind of uh, uh, pest control, I think going into that, uh, uh, going into the process of, of ridding them of pests, I should go in with the spirit of this will make my plants better. Yeah. And that, that just kind of primes me for, for good energy. Yeah. You know? Intention. And, same thing with my art. Um, like, I kind of have like, whenever I'm having a hard time uh, making something, I go back and I think like, what what do I want this to to convey, and what do I want this to represent, and how can I uh, show myself, uh, show my spirit through my art, and mm-hmm. that helps me with a lot of. Um, finishing a lot of projects versus trying to work in haste and just to get the job done. Do you find that the plants and or art show you aspects of yourself that you need to improve on? Perhaps the presence of pests indicates something that's going on with you? Mm. Or is it just bad luck? (laughs) Uh, So actually, it's... Or your plants are suffering, maybe they're browning. Yeah, you... You bringing that up brought me uh, brought me some flashbacks of how how I did think that way before. Like whenever something uh, bad would or you know uh, negative would happen, uh, like whether it be my plants or like something breaks, I would think maybe oh that's like something in myself that I need to improve that's manifesting in the physical world. Mm. Is that what you? Yeah, that's exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, so actually, I, I kind of strayed away from that mindset, but um, I think in my core, my subconscious, I, I, do, I still think that way, yeah. Why so? Why straight? Why do you uh, feel the need to stray away from it? Uh, it wasn't like really a need anymore. It was, or it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a conscious effort to like stray away from it. I guess I had just gotten busy with like mm. life stuff and I get that. Uh, yeah, sometimes it happens. Sometimes, like your, you know, the things that you used to practice yeah. or believe, kind of get get a little uh, get trapped in your head. Right, they get buried back and kind of filed away, and then you're like, oh yeah, I used to be like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And someone will tell you something that they do, and it reminds you, yeah, I used to do something like that, but somewhere along the way, it kind of fell to the side. Yeah, exactly. I, like, that makes sense. Like um, it probably when, served you more at another period in time than it, and you no longer needed that, perhaps. Yes, 
Exactly. I think, you know, now that you bring that up, I think because I've been a lot better at being insightful with myself. Yeah. So I could kind of, instead of using things to, to uh, physical things to, to tell me how I'm feeling, I kind of just look inward. I'm yeah. a, nat- a natural introvert. So um, it's more self-aware. It's, yeah. Luckily, it's, it's easy for someone like me, but it's kind of hard to, to talk to other people. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I noticed that I've been on a good streak of, of, of spirit, mental, emotional. Um, when I look at my plants, because when I'm not, I, they start to wither and and not do well. And, um, I don't have to look at them currently to, to notice it maybe, but I also haven't let them get to that point. So I haven't Mm -hmm. allowed myself to get to that point, uh, where I'm noticing, you know, the clutter is this, is this, is a sign that I'm, you know, not taking care of myself and I'm not on top of my stuff. So thankfully things are, I'm in a period of growth and stability. Mm-hmm. And it's something we were talking about earlier and beforehand is like the amount of growth that you can see in a year. We've, we've, it's been 13 months since we've talked, but I mean, you can see huge leaps in growth in probably a quarter of that. And I would love to hear in what ways you've grown since the last time we've spoke? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, one, I've definitely become uh, better at taking care of my plants. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when I first started uh, collecting cacti and you know, uh, growing cacti and caring for them, not just collecting because they're living things, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was very. Um, I was very uh, conservative with with how much water I would give them, how much food I would give them, and so I basically like droughted a lot of of my cacti to death. Like they were so dry that they died, mm. and I was like, "What the hell am I doing? Like I'm not doing anything wrong." But also at the same time, I was so conservative with the amount of water I would give them because I have to grow indoors. So like water doesn't evaporate as quickly and, you know, they, they don't have real UV light. Like I, f- I really do feel like plants need, need UV uh, and like real sun. Yeah. Um, so that's been one, one aspect I've grown on. Uh, I feel like I've become a better artist as well. Um, and <clears throat> hold on, my throat's dry. <laughs> you were saying you've become a better artist as well yeah um so when when i first started making uh like cacti art i i kind of wanted to um i kind of i was a little bit afraid of what people would think of my art sure because you know, one, I'm new to the cactus scene. Yeah. And two, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like my art is pretty, pretty, pretty out there. Right. Um, different. Yeah, it's, it's different. It's not like what you typically see in the, in a plant community. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially my boob cactus, uh, 
which I made a mouse pad of. Yes. <laughs> uh, Love that. Yeah. Uh, so after like after seeing that people will like my art no matter what, like despite what I think, despite like these kinds of inhibitions that are like uh, self-inflicted, yeah. people will still enjoy my art and uh, I could pretty much make the stuff that I like without any consequence. Well, yeah. I mean, no, yeah. Uh, like without, I could make it reasonable stuff without any consequence, you yeah. know? It's, uh, what was the word I'm looking for? Please continue. Um, and I've been practice, practicing working uh, in Photoshop mm -hmm. uh, to get some of these larger projects done faster. Yeah. Uh, so my Photoshop skills have definitely improved. Uh, it's Fully now like, self-taught. Yeah, everything is completely self-taught. So to to backtrack a little bit, I've been drawing since I could remember. Um, like I I want to say like the earliest memory that I have of myself drawing is like on those like etch a sketch mm -hmm. things uh, with like the the magnet pen, and uh -huh. then you like swipe to slide it. Uh -huh, to erase um, it yeah and uh or yeah to erase it and i i want to say well my grandma told me this uh she said that um that's when i pretty much started drawing like when i was like three yeah um and since then i've always just drawn on like my class notes and did bad in school but made excellent art <laughs> nice uh, yeah uh so yeah everything is self-taught um and Photoshop is kind of hard for me because it's just like, I don't know, I don't like Adobe. It doesn't make any sense uh, to me. Um, it gets complex. It, yeah, it there does are, get... You can never like learn. I don't think you could never learn all of it, every single tool. And <laughs> There's a lot of tools and there's like so many ways to do one thing, which yes. is nice, yeah. but I just kind of wish it was like, a little more simplified sure um but i use photoshop to uh kind of landscape what i'm gonna draw mm -hmm. um particularly like i said with the larger projects like uh i don't know were you able to see uh the work that i did for sunrise i think so yes remind me of what you included in it uh so one of them was like a gila monster with um uh i actually have the shirt yeah, I want to say this, Paul. You've stepped your game up big time. I saw the work that you did for Sunrise, and I saw the work that you did for Excelsior, correct? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excelsior. Yeah. Yeah, it's only improved, and uh, it seems to me that you are well accepted in the in the community, for sure, and looked up to you as a, as a very skilled artist. Uh, thanks. I appreciate of course, that. Of course. Yeah, and uh, most of the people that I do work for, you know, they're they're personal friends. Like they yeah. they know me, and I know them, and uh, just that relationship, it just makes the art so much better. You know, like you could feel like the passion and the care that I put in. Yeah. I I feel like like um, uh, May, the succulent cacti lady, mm -hmm. uh, she wanted me to implement uh, one of her daughters uh art pieces like a like a photo like her daughter made a, a drawing of me and then she wanted me to incorporate that 
into a new piece with my art and that was like god that was so special like that is special yeah. working with her daughter's so art personal. like yeah it's so personal like yeah it's like i don't know I, I have so much gratitude for that yeah like to to trust me with that um but to go back to sunrise's design it's it was this locafora yeah that thing's sure. cool yeah so this one it took a very long time to do and uh you know i don't i don't want to charge more for my art so i have to like find ways to work more efficiently mm. so uh yeah photoshop has been one of those tools that i've been using uh to get things done in in an appropriate amount of time and at a at the same amount of uh, quality. Mm. Did he give you any ideas on that? Or where did the inspiration come on that one? He, he literally just said like, yo, check this out. Like, I want to do a loaf and I want to do a Gila monster. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then um, I don't know if you could see. I wish I had the, I could show you the photo right now. I'll, I'll send it to you later. Mm -hmm. um, but on the top of the Gila monster's head, uh, I did the Huichol representation of Lofofora. Cool. Can you, can you yeah, see it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So like, that was just my, my own idea. I was like, yo, what do you think of this? And he loved it. Nice. And uh, please continue. Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I saw that you're working on a larger scale booby cactus dude yes i have that right here expanding upwards yeah so this i'll be bringing to my first pop-up uh nice. that i got invited to on july 22nd who's all doing that uh are you familiar with the green room atx yes yes yeah so hector ale uh they're like they kind of like got it together and then Excelsior, Fireproof Plants, forgive me if I forget anybody, but a whole bunch of Texas folks are going there as Psychedelic well. Ninja? Psychedelic Ninja is going to be there too. Shout out to Marco. Yeah. Uh, East Austin Succulents. I'm not going to name any more because yeah. I'll feel so bad if I forget. Yeah, it's uh, okay. July 11th. Uh, July 22nd. July 22nd. July 22nd at Paul's Desert. Nice. Um, and I'm going to be dropping a new shirt design there too, actually. Uh, it's going to be the, it's a made up cactus club, but it's the, the dirty South cactus club shirt that I made with, um, with the lean with the scissor. Yeah. With the DJ screw and he's watering my cactus with lean. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send yeah. you a picture of it. I saw that. It's kind of off the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it's... what makes sets you apart yeah it's i just get these ideas you know and i'm like yo man i really have to like make this tangible for for my own sake do you know i, I don't want to put you in a box paul but how would you describe your style like um, if you had to i would say my style is like a pretty good representation of all my interests mm -hmm. um like well, I mean, content-wise, it's a good representation of all my interests. But my stylistically, I do reach for a lot of um, 
like manga inspired work mm. however i don't watch a lot of anime or read a lot of manga i you know i just there's a particular uh, anime that i do two particular animes that i do grab from stylistically and that's uh berserk have you seen mm. berserk i haven't it's really good it's a tragedy mm. um and uh jojo jojo's bizarre adventure okay um so they're like really bold and like uh they they actually are inspired by a lot of american comics um but they have their own twists on it uh stylistically so yeah i i reach for <clears throat> for for those two aesthetics mostly yeah. and uh most of my art is uh animal based or plant based mm -hmm. versus like human based i'm yeah. not i've never really been too good at uh well, I'm putting myself in like a box, but I uh, I was never, mm, well, drawing animals and plants came more naturally to me versus drawing mm. humans. So eventually I do want to practice drawing people and stuff so I could expand my art. Well, I would describe mm. you as nonconformist. Yeah, I'm definitely not conformist. And <laughs> it's... Um, I'm a contrarian. Yes. Naturally. Uh -huh. I have a huge problem with authority. Ooh. I always have. I don't like people telling me what to do. And that's why I'm not a good employee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a good employee, but I'm a good contractor. I Because if I have a sense of ownership and like a sense of like, like if I value what I'm working for, then yes, you will definitely get one thousand percent of me. Yeah. But every time I've been employed, what can I say? I'm a terrible worker. <laughs> <laughs> a terrible uh, worker yeah. and a terrible student. Well, it's not, but it's not work that you're doing now, right? It's like passion and creativity expression. Exactly. exactly. And um my free time has now become the time that I do my my work. Right. You know, I I I work, you know, probably sometimes until nine p.m. and my day starts at eight. Mm. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty much drawing all all day whenever I'm not doing the work for uh, um, the uh, Asian Asian American representation. Are you still finding time to for just creativity time, perhaps where it's not uh, an assignment or something that you're working on? Are you able to still create time for yourself to just express freehand? Uh, or do you prefer to utilize your time for your projects? I prefer to have direction. So yeah. if if I'm doodling, some things will come out, like some cool things will come out uh but if if i don't have like an idea in my head things get really difficult and kind of heady and then mm. i start feeling bad mm. and then that sometimes that spirals into if the, if that pattern continues that will spiral into like burnout or yeah you know uh yeah basically burnout so how do you manage that i imagine now that you have so much time on your hands like 
there's challenges. I've had short periods of time where I experienced being self-employed fully and it comes with challenges and balance, learning how to balance and keep your sanity. So how, how do you go about that? Number one, the number one thing is using a calendar, mm. a calendar and a schedule. This is the first time I've ever like stuck to a calendar because yeah. if, if you don't manage your maker, then your maker is just going to keep going and like making stuff, but like, you're not getting your, your goals done. Mm. You're not doing the stuff that you need to be doing. You're just like frazzled. And if, and I have ADHD, so like I could just keep going on tangents and just like end up with like a whole bunch of different drawings, but like nothing really adds up to, uh, nothing is going to feed me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely using a calendar and sticking to it. And actually, uh, just having like a calendar or a plan in general is good. So that way, you know when to deviate from your plan if things aren't working out. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's like if you've planned to work 24 hours in the day, and then you try that out, and you're like, I'm so tired, I can't do this anymore then you can deviate from that plan and that's okay. But as long as you stick to it and see what works out for you. Um, yeah, that'll help out. And also <clears throat> another thing to keep from burnout is taking a break. Mm. Um, I took like, cause I also make music too. Mm -hmm. um, I took a two year hiatus from music. And then earlier this year, I started getting back into it and I made a remix for one of my friends and it's, it's on warped records. Like, what? Yeah. 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 I'll awesome. link you. I'll link you later. Um, so yeah. And, um, so after I did that, I kind of took a break from music again and went back to my art, but I need to get back on the music train because, uh, it's kind of, that's kind of what keeps me insured like with health insurance, mm. <clears throat> which is also why I got back into music. Uh, so there's this program here in Austin called HAM and they, uh, they, they help uh, pay premiums for uh, Austin musicians. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's really helpful and it's super beneficial to the community. That's great. Uh, so, so I'm a part of that. Um, so that encourages me to, to get back on the music train and uh, having two art forms like, uh, you know, illustration and music, yeah. it keeps, it, it's kind of self-correcting and I don't get burnout from, from either if I keep switching, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm interested to hear about the journey that you got on from when the last time we spoke was you were working in a grocery store and, uh, you know, still kind of exploring and things I feel like, and now you've really gotten to a point where it sounds like you're having like a lot of abundance and things are falling into place. What did you have to do to get there? Uh, and what did you overcome to be able to, and finally take that leap and go full-time self-employed? Uh, so I would definitely attribute it a lot to ham because I was working at mm. the grocery store for health insurance. Mm. Um, so after 
after uh, enrollment period in October came around, I left my job and applied for HAM. And luckily I was accepted because I had released music previously that year. Um, <clears throat> and so that was a big factor in, in me leaving and, and working with, with my spouse. spouse. Mm -hmm. um, and as for, you know, making ends meet, um, it's definitely a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, you know, we're not, we're not rich, but, yeah. um, you know, we definitely get, we get bills paid, uh, but it, it is a lot of, a lot of, uh, elbow grease and, uh, time management and, and a lot of balancing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's definitely been a journey and I, uh, I hope to stay on this path for a long time. Yeah. I don't plan on going, going back to being employed. Um, plan on, you know, sticking to art. And it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, something I believe in. I think it's so beautiful that a program simply existing like that could be the, you know, the turning point for you and uh, probably for many others. And if we had more of those, types of programs available, then more people would be entrepreneurs and self-employed. And I would love to see more of that for sure. Me too. Like, I really feel like, um, like if people did have the opportunity to, to have time to create, to have time to like look inside themselves, to have time to garden, to have time to, to do these, uh, these um, these things where you're not like either working or consuming, yeah. Then you know you you will find that that you are like a creator as well, and you can create beautiful things. And you know, I I I really wish that that more people could could make art. Yeah, I think the world would be a peace uh, a lot peaceful a lot more peaceful, and. Uh, more understanding. Yeah. It would take that edge off of the grind. Yes. It, that certainly comes with an edge. I'm personally grateful that I've been able to be part-time employed. And anytime I've gone full-time, I completely lose myself. So I just don't allow myself to do it. I have to struggle a little bit more and I've had to make some lifestyle changes, but being able to have more time has been what's changed the most for me is like having being able to go inward and being able to focus on the things that I love. And um, I'm grateful for that. But it's hard to survive. <laughs> it is. It's, you know, like, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna say my spouse, Tiffany and I like, we don't really get to travel a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, we we're you know, like, we got to be like frugal, but we enjoy like, the benefit of being able to work on fulfilling things. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about these travels? I saw you were international going to Japan and Taiwan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when we do travel, we get to travel with it's for family trips. Um, so my spouse is Taiwanese and we have family in Taiwan. Uh, 
so we we went to, we whenever we do go to Taiwan, it's it's usually for about three weeks, um, and we we stay with my mother-in-law. So that that really like alleviates the expense of you know pay, paying for like an Airbnb or or what have you, and and same and uh, also alleviates the expense of food because mm. you know we, we're eating home cooked meals. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, but Taiwan, you know, it's it's underrated. Mm. Like uh, Japan is really cool. Uh, it's like a really beautiful place, but Taiwan is so interesting. Like, um, it's so it's a tiny tiny island, right? Mm. It's like the size of I want to say like if you could imagine like driving from the Bay Area to LA, uh -huh. it's that size, okay. top to bottom. Wow. Um, and, and so the people there. They're like, um, they just have this like welcoming uh, energy, mm. and whether or not you speak Mandarin, uh, they will they try to help you like navigate the city or order something, um, and like the uh, the architecture there is really crazy. It it looks like uh, things are kind of like taped together if that mm. makes sense i have like a book actually that i wanted to show you it's called uh taiwan street house wow. and it, it has illustrations of what the buildings kind of look like and aside from taipei a lot of the buildings are kind of strung together like like this oh wow yeah, like they're just kind of like uh, improvised yeah. uh, buildings that are functional, and you know, I I trust that architecture more than the modern American architecture. Right. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. Like, it's it's such an interesting place. I love it. Um, the first time that I went was in uh, 2016, and the first thing that caught my attention was all the luxury cars in Taiwan. Mm. <laughs> like a lot of people drive Mercedes and uh, the first car that I saw was like a Lamborghini. Mm. I was like, what the heck? Like how, how are live people... in a house like that? They yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, well, I'm sure they live in Taipei uh, in like some, some high rise, but sure. it's interesting seeing like the contrast yeah. between like these like, uh, these buildings and the luxury cars is kind of strange. Yeah. Um, and another thing that caught my attention was uh, this this nut that they chew there called beetle nut. Mm. It's like a, a like a Southeast Asian um, palm that grows these these nuts and. Uh, they chew them and it makes their whole mouth red uh -huh. and then they spit it out on the the floor so like, <laughs> they're like writing 
riding scooters with like gas tanks like like strapped on like just <laughs> just like with like rope and then they're like spitting like what looks like blood and i was like holy shit this is so crazy <laughs> and so i asked my mother-in-law like like what what is all that red stuff that they're spitting out and my mother-in-law's like oh it's just taiwanese bubble gum like she thought it was something innocent but apparently it's like uh like a mild stimulant but like mm. the the cons outweigh the pros like it's oh. super carcinogenic like like yeah. so many cancers have been caused from from chewing that that beetle nut thing and like i don't know it's 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 kind of a problem there but yeah. they've they've banned uh they've banned spitting it in certain areas because like sometimes the entire sidewalk is like blood red <laughs> it's <laughs> i can't help but like love that place you know like yeah. it's just got so much character wild yeah yeah and like um the the beetle like the, the places that sell the beetle nut uh they have like these they're like these booths with like a bunch of neon lights right and there's like uh like women in there like like uh like in provocative clothing selling to these people and like that's that's like their marketing strategy and taiwan is the only place that that uses that mm. like uh other countries like they just kind of have like old like like grandmas selling them but taiwan uses that strategy it's mm. unique to taiwan wow yeah and they actually made a movie of it a taiwanese movie uh called beetle nut beauties yeah it's it's mind-blowing <laughs> Do you have a sense of the unrest? Is there isn't there some unrest there? Isn't it like aren't they in, on the brink of some kind of war? Uh, so it's been covered a lot in the U.S. recently. Right. Uh, but the thing is, like, that's been going on for a long time. Forever. Yeah. 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 And uh, just from uh, anecdotal uh experience, my my family who lives there is not worried. Mm. um that's good yeah and, and all my friends well the people that i'm in contact with there are not worried either everything is pretty much the same but it's just a spike in media coverage in the west another sense of fear-mongering yeah uh i would say so mm. um there's it's hard to uh it's hard to get accurate information on what goes on in like China um, because everything is tinged yeah. with something. So I'm very curious about China. I'm not, I'm definitely not like anti-Chinese, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm curious, like, like what really like goes on in China? Like, right. I don't know. Yeah. They can tell us whatever they want over here about all of those other areas and we can only see what they want they want us to see yeah exactly yeah um taiwan media i mean are you familiar with uh with taiwanese like uh feeling about china mm -mm. Oh, uh, they want so they want to be a sovereign they they look at themselves as a sovereign country right yeah and so the chinese taiwan, don't recognize that yeah taiwan doesn't doesn't really like china uh, yeah. So even Taiwanese media, you know, they, it's tinged with, with anti-Chinese sentiment. Sure. Um, 
but I don't know. I, I, I would like to go visit China. Mm, um, me too. Yeah. Maybe go to Hong Kong. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. There's really good artists in Hong Kong. Uh, have you heard of uh, this artist named Little Thunder? Mm -mm. Uh, she's based out of Hong Kong, and she uh, she's done like a couple of mangas, um, and she's done like some stuff with Nike. Mm. Uh, but I, I really admire her work, and I have like almost all her art books, and I even got a sake that she did in a. Uh, in collaboration with this Japanese sake brewery. And I brought it from Japan. I would love yeah. to check that out. I, I imagine that when you leave here and you go to a country with as much culture and diverse, unique culture as a place like Taiwan, do you find inspiration and do you come back maybe influenced by that culture and finding yourself of wanting to apply it? Definitely, definitely. Um, so Taiwan is full of art yeah. and full of, uh, believe it or not, great tattoo artists. I bet. Yeah, actually, all my tattoos are from Taiwan. Oh, this cool. one's my re most recent one. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, and then I have this uh, stone tiger, which is endemic oh, yeah. to Taiwan. Um, these two are from the same artist. Um, but yeah, so I am definitely, uh, inspired by, uh, by mostly like the Taiwanese, uh, attitude of mm. just like really being yourself and being welcoming to anything. Yeah. Uh, so if I embrace like any idea that comes into my head, uh, and I welcome it, then it's like usually pretty fruitful. And yeah. so in that way, I that's how I'm inspired by Taiwan. Cool. Are you on a timetable at all? No. Well, because I would love to spend, I know you brought some plants to show me. Dude, yeah. Let's do I that. Did. Let's do some show and tell. Let's do some show and tell. So a lot of my plants, I have a very tiny collection because I have to grow indoors. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of my plants are from uh, members of the cacti community. Mm. Um, so... I have this little uh, Uibo from May. Nice. I feel like uh, this clone, I feel like there's like a clone of this, like, and a lot of people have it. Mm. Have you have you seen a lot of people with Uibos? Yes. Yeah. And they all kind of have like the same like skin tone. Right. Um, uh, let's see. What else can I show you? show you this godzilla so this is a thai godzilla from mm. cactus update that's your favorite right godzilla. this one this one's one oh, of my favorites favorite. but my absolute favorite is my big guy and it's like the size of a baby head <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the size of a baby head like if you could just imagine like a baby's head yeah, totally. Yeah, so this is awesome. my, uh, I so I want to say it's a coral, uh -huh. uh, but it's definitely a zilla. Mm. Um, so it's been under my care for two years, and it's grown quite a lot. Um, 
it hasn't flowered for me yet unfortunately i think it's because of the way that i was watering it mm. i was watering it like super uh, sparsely um but hopefully it will flower this year when you were trying to water like that before were you trying to get a more um like hard grown look or so is it because of a belief of care uh i did end up getting more of a hard grown look yeah. um but the main reason why i that doesn't look hard grown to me though no that's that's not hard grown at all <laughs> it, it has a hidden uh uh root stock i don't know if you're able to see that mm. uh but it's oh, i'll show you again it's so squished because of how heavy it is Mm. Um, let's see it's like right there like a slight sliver but it's that's a a feral cactus Mm. Uh, it doesn't look like one anymore (laughs) it's amazing that it's been able to continue to grow for that amount of time and you haven't you know god forbid ran into any problems with the stock i'm going to degraft it actually and regraft it on some uh grissonii that i have uh in water therapy just to like plump up to get ready for the graft yeah um cool but yeah the reason why i underwatered back then was so that way i could reduce the the deaths and root rot but ultimately that backfired Mm. (laughs) so uh what i've done to to change my watering is just get even more uh well draining soil yeah um and just i usually water about every two weeks and you mostly inorganic yeah mostly inorganic uh a lot of it is is pumice Mm um and then i mix it with uh some of the east austin succulent soil i think it's called succulent gold okay um but i want to say it's like 80 inorganic 20 organic yeah um Let's see, what else do I have? I have uh, some plants from Baker Sucks. Cool. I had Baker Sucks on the podcast. Yeah, I saw that one. That one was good. I got, uh, this one's like a Hakujo Ornamatum, I think. Mm. It's pretty crazy. That's an obscure one. Yeah, I I was stoked to get it. He's like, man, uh, it's pretty hard to let go. <laughs> nice. You chased him for it? Not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not really, but he, he really did like that one. Uh, he's been actually putting up a lot of plants recently. Yeah, I saw that. And selling a bunch of seeds. And I also, uh, speaking of seeds, I also grow my own. Nice. From seed. I have a few. Uh, let's see, which ones look the best? <laughs> I don't know if you'll be able to see them because the, the bags are all foggy. Mm, yeah, no need to open them. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I got a couple. Nice. I have like 10, 10 of these bags in there. I have um, some, uh, st- the Astrophytum medusae. I have some of uh, cactus. That's like the up- finger one? Yeah, it's super cool looking. Yeah, yeah, strange. Um, I have some cauliflowers from uh cactus update cool and then i need to sour these from oops 
it's a little overexposed, but I got some uh, some astros astro seeds from from Baker. Mm. That's fun. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Um, the only thing is, is like it gets so hot here, so I have to plan like a like a day that it's raining outside, so I could do some some potting work. Mm. Yeah. You know, how how hot is it in the room right now? Dude, I don't know if you could tell that I'm like low-key sweating. <laughs> uh it's so uh one of the the uh sacrifices that must be made is uh you know reducing our AC. Yeah. Uh so we usually I'm on the first floor of our townhome, uh, and it's like 78, but our like the second story. We keep it at 80. <laughs> yeah. Um, and outside it's like uh this week it's been like kind of cool. It's been like 95 degrees. Kind of cool. <laughs> but last week it was like 105. Uh dude, it's been hella hot. Um yeah. but yeah, I, I definitely get a little sweaty uh working in, in our office, especially because we have two like big ass PCs running um generates a lot of heat and then i, I have heat pads on on my indoor plants and then the lights yeah, yeah. it gets gets toasty in here i bet the cacti love it though uh i th i think they do yeah, i they i want good. it to be warmer for them though i'm thinking about uh, getting more heating pads <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh because i pointed like one of those like uh laser thermometers in there and i think it was like 80 degrees so mm. I kind of want it to get like 90, mm. just there, 90, just there. But eventually that'll like dissipate into like, you know, the rest of the room. So do you, uh, you don't do dormancy? Do you grow year round? Uh, so my plants do go dormant because uh, during, during the winter time, it gets cold. Mm. <laughs> it gets cold in our house. Uh, so during the winter time, we keep it like 65 degrees. Uh -huh. um, but like, yeah, I used to live in the Bay Area, and right. it's like 65 degrees inside the house over there. Uh -huh. So uh, we're we're kind of used to that. Uh, so during the winter time, it's it's a lot cooler inside, and they get like this like bluish color, which is pretty nice on like the zillas. Um, mm. Like that big Godzilla that I used to show you, it used to be like this like teal color. And when I, I showed uh, Manny Excelsior Cactus and, and Hector from the green room and they're like, yo, what the hell is up with your cactus? It looks so cool. I'm like, I don't know. It's just just like that. But it turns out it was just dormant. And then mm. this, this growing season and started getting like a little greener. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of that winter colors on uh, some some of my plants too. It's cool. Yeah. What's the weather like in, in your area? Um, lately, they, we've had a heat wave. So it was like 95 the other day. I don't have an air conditioner. Like, this doesn't exist. So um, it gets pretty hot. I, I would say we hover around the 80s during the summer. Maybe 85 is like kind of a warm day. But lately, we've had mm -hmm. heat waves. When we tend to have those heat waves, you know, but I'm a high, I'm like I'm not high elevation. I'm at a thousand feet. So um, it can get a feel a little warmer up here than it does. But then sometimes I don't know. I don't know how, how that works, how weather works, but sometimes it, I'll go down the mountain and it's hotter down in the valley than it is up here. 
Well, that makes sense. Like yeah. heat rises. Oh wait, wait, no, actually, that doesn't make sense. That's right. the opposite. Right. Huh. Well, I guess it gets the heat gets trapped in the valley. You know, mm. so I'll go in I, like one direction from my house is the valley, and then the other direction is the coast. It's always cooler at the mm-hmm. beach, but yeah, we get a little bit of that ocean stuff too. So I've been dealing with some rust a little bit. <sighs> I think we get some of that salty air. I'm like 10 minutes from the beach, but a thousand feet up, but. like rust on metal, not yeah. your plants, right? Like my plants uh, get rust on them. Oh, yeah. your plants get rust. Uh-huh. Uh, I had to treat one of my Godzilla's. For rust, and I use three 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 six F. It's like a liquid form of biomill, mm. uh, but it's it's curative and preventative. So I I can't recommend that. It's like, like a anymore. fungicide. Yeah, it's a fungicide. Yeah, I'll have um, to try that. Definitely wear some PPE when when you spray it though. Mm. It's really bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, I want to say that thank <clears throat> you for not being afraid to be yourself i feel like we really like got to peer into your mind today and see how your mind works and who you are as a person and you weren't afraid like i'm grateful you weren't afraid to talk about that stuff in the beginning the spiritual stuff because i actually am very interested in it oh yeah like something i'm really passionate about and um i know it might not be everybody's thing so i i appreciate you being willing to go there with me and um yeah Dude, hell yeah. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on here again. And I always love talking with you, uh, whether it be like DM or or chats like this. We should chat more. We should chat more. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so down for that. Do you do you like speaking of ghosts, do you like horror movies or horror video games? Well, I love like old slashers. Mm. You know? And I like some of Rob Zombie's movies. Dude, uh, I love Rob Zombie's. His movies are gnarly. Cool dude. Cool dude. Bills have eyes. A little bit. Um, the House of a shit. Thousand Corpses. Yeah. I liked his remake of uh, Halloween, too. That one came out like pre 2010, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I saw it in theaters. Yeah. I don't remember it too much. I have a little bit of that going on in my neighborhood. Hills have eyes type vibes. What? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. There's like some. There's like some culty kind of energy going on around here. It's very. Um, like there's some people they just look at you. We always describe it as they look at you like they know something you don't know. <laughs> oh, you're frozen. You there? You froze for a moment. Oh, I'm sorry. I was saying yeah. that they, these people, they look at me and my partner describe it as they look at us like they know something we don't know. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's weird. so weird. It's weird. They have like why, this evil. Why are you look. still there? This, <laughs> dude, you're doing this to yourself. Uh, but I like it. I like there's also really cool hit people, you know, it's like a community and, you know, there's people, there's a guy that lives in a yurt behind my house. What's a yurt? It's like a tent cabin. A tent cabin. It's oh, like, so like, like a circular shaped uh, foundation with a tent on top. It almost looks like a circus tent. Oh, but like, he lives in it. Like it looks like he's like getting treated for termites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. I like how quirky it is, but yeah. Well, as long as you enjoy it yeah, and don't totally. get don't get kidnapped <laughs> right i'm more worried about my my lady getting kidnapped so i would love to incorporate uh if you're open to it some of your artwork too if you want to send some images it comes like we did last time 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would love to be more thoughtful and then take my time editing it and, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll definitely send over some work. And could I add that my commissions are also open? <laughs> yes, I'll put that in your bio. I'll, I'll put it in the description, links to whatever and and yeah, ways to connect with you. Cool. Yeah. And I'm open for anybody just to reach out and chat as well. I love meeting uh, new people. And, you know, even though I'm pretty introverted, I, I love to make new connections and get to know everybody, you know. Yeah. So and especially other fellow artists, like I'm, I'm potentially looking for an artist to collaborate with that's in the cactus community. And I would, you know, like to make the cactus art community bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to tell me something nice, go ahead, DM me or I mean, you don't have to tell me anything nice. Just make combo. <laughs> Yeah, but if there's any way to uh, to help promote whatever you're like, help promote your commissions or something that I can say in the intro or if I can put in the description, like, don't be oh. shy, I'll do whatever, you know. Oh, okay. And if you ever feel like you have something that you want the community to know about, too. And this mm -hmm. is to the listeners, to mm -hmm. everyone. I want, that's what I want the platform to be, you know, is a yeah. place for for us to share and connect and support yeah. one another. Um, I could definitely say that this definitely helps the cactus community connect. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm an example of how it's inspired, you know, mm -hmm. my art because, you know, if say I didn't listen to the episode with you and big cactus rescue, like who knows when I would have made cactus art. Right. So I feel like you were, your podcast is very, uh it's it's very um what's the word that i'm looking for instrumental i was gonna say instrumental but like it's a big part of the community mm. you know it's like a like a forum where everybody could get together and in this like internet space and see yeah. each other face to face and connect that way somehow thank you thank you yeah because you know, when, when I listen to the uh, other episodes with like fellow friends that I haven't met and then I hear them speaking, it's like, oh, okay. So that's like what they're like. And you, you could get their energy. Like you could see how, how they act and talk to people and it feels more complete, like your relationship with them over the internet. Thank you, Paul. You'll have yeah. to excuse me. My son's calling my name. Uh, no worries. No worries. <laughs> All right. If everyone could please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast and hit that share button, we would both appreciate that greatly. All right. Peace. Yo.